Hello and welcome to the BioBuilder podcast. I'm your host, Zeeshan Siddiqui, and today I talk with synthetic biology educator Jude Clapper. Jude started teaching synthetic bio at Taipei American School in 2013 after attending one of Natalie's BioBuilder workshops at MIT. He is now the chair of scientific research at the school as well as an advisor for their iGEM team, which has won three high school grand prizes and countless nominations, as well as inspiring hundreds of kids to pursue scientific research. Let's dive right in. Jude, thank you so much for joining me today on the BioBuilder podcast. Thanks so much for having me. The first question I wanted to ask is you enrolled in a PhD program at U- University of Pennsylvania, and I believe it was in chemistry? In organic so, chemistry specifically, yeah. In organic chemistry. So pursuing a PhD would generally mean you know, a career in academia and research, where teaching is, of course, a massive component. But how did you know, when did you know you wanted to pursue sort of the teaching side more specifically or high school science education? Did that, was that always the plan or did that happen um, during your PhD journey? I, I was always interested in education. And when I originally started my PhD program at Penn, I was going to be a chemistry professor at a small liberal arts college where, where teaching was the, the big aspect. And there was some research on the side because I, I do love both, uh, both things, both educating and, and discovery. However, about halfway through my program, I, I kind of realized that in academia, you're going down a path where there's you know, associate professor and assistant professor, and then maybe you can get tenure at age 50. And everything, <laughs> everything seemed like, man, it was just one more step and one more step and one more step. It's just a continuous uphill battle. Right. And uh, so anybody who, who's in there, you know, keep on going. But for me, uh, that was a little bit too much. And I, and I had, I saw some friends who stopped, some who got their PhD and stopped. Uh, and continued on doing high school science, and some who stopped with their masters uh, and did their and and went to teach at, at high school at private uh, liberal arts uh, or private high schools, and they said, "Jude, you would love this. This would be perfect for you." And so, uh, after my sixth year, my graduate advisor said, "Oh, I need it for two or three more years," and I just said, "Okay, I'm done." And so uh, I stopped my PhD program, got my master's, and then I went to an all-boys boarding school, Christ School, in Asheville, North Carolina. And uh, I have to say that was the best decision maybe I've ever made besides, uh, you know, getting married to my wife and having kids. uh, That has to be the best decision I ever made because uh, I am definitely cut out for teaching high school science. I love the education aspect of it. As it turns out, uh, you can do research with high school kids. And so now it turns out that it's the best of both worlds. That's that's amazing because uh, especially we'll come back to iGEM, but the best you, you really have the best of both worlds right now with iGEM um, in Taipei. But we'll come back to that in a bit. How long were you, um, I believe it was the Cry School in North Carolina? Yes. How long were you uh, teaching there for? Uh, I was there for six years. So I started that in 2006, 2007. And that was a, a really amazing experience. Uh, you're living with the students. You are coaching. Uh, you are cleaning dishes with them, cleaning the hallways. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was it's, it's a big family. Yeah, yeah. A big family. Uh, okay. 
So it was, uh, it was great. And I was a chemistry teacher there and we developed, a physics teacher and I developed some project-based learning, you know, trying to get students interested in discovering and curiosity, you know, exploration. And so simple yeah. projects, to test some variables, uh, develop a hypothesis, you know, let's go all in. The entire quarter of the year was devoted towards project development. That, that's really brilliant because... In, in my undergraduate science degree, and even in high school science, I always learned more from any project-based learning or anything in the lab rather than, th there is obviously a component where you may have to memorize a bit of content, like science has a lot of sort of foundational theoretical knowledge that you need. But where it really clicked for me was when we did those experiments in the lab, when we troubleshooted, why isn't this working out? Oh, there should be a band here. Why there, Why isn't there one? So that that's amazing to hear that. And this was, high school would be from year, uh, year seven to 12 or year nine to 12? So this is nine to 12. Okay. Um, so, you know, anywhere from 14 to, to 18 um, yeah. years. Okay. Ago. How did the opportunity to take part in the BioBuilder workshop come about? When, when did that uh, first happen? Yeah. So that happened after I, after I stopped working at Christ School. Uh, I was looking for well, I don't, I was just looking for another place to teach. It was great, but it's exhausting teaching at boarding school. Uh, my wife and I had just had a, our daughter. She was two years old. The, the thought of raising my daughter at an all boys boarding school was not the best, you know, necessarily environment uh, maybe that she could have grown up in. They were great with her, but as she got older, it would have been interesting. So um, we were looking for some adventure and I followed my buddy who taught physics. He, he started a job at Taipei American School. It sounded like it was amazing. And so uh, I moved to Taipei uh, with my wife and my daughter. It was a much higher academic environment, I would say. I came on, I was director of scientific research starting a new program, my, one of the very first things that the principal said whenever I got here was, I saw this thing on 60 Minutes, there's this thing called iGEM, I want you to uh, have a team together next year, and, and we're going we're gonna to enter this, and I'm like, okay, I need to get some professional development, so I literally got online, and I typed in synthetic biology professional development, and uh, if you do that right now, the exact same thing pops up, and that is BioBuilder. And so I, I took a look at that. I, I contacted Natalie, who created BioBuilder, and I signed up for one of her workshops. That was in 2014, I believe, uh, at MIT, and I got some professional development uh, for the week-long course there. So that's, that's how it started as far as doing the BioBuilder curriculum and starting a synthetic biology program um, for me at Taipei American School. I don't know if I would have started it had it not been for the principal uh, at the time and said that, you know, he was very interested in this. He saw it on 60 Minutes. Synthetic biology is hot. Uh, hey, give it a shot. Let's, let's see what we can do. That's, that's amazing that, you know, even today, if you type in professional development course and synthetic biology, boom, BioBuilder pops up. And so it was a, was it just a one week long professional development workshop or were there a series of workshops or when you initially started iGEM at Taipei, was there constant communication initially with you and uh, members of BioBuilder and Natalie? Uh, it was initially just the, the very one week of BioBuilder professional development. And I remember going there, everyone is a biologist, 
I am a chemist. I know almost nothing uh, about biology. I, I felt like I knew absolutely nothing about genetic engineering. And I, I remember making a lot of excuses for myself whenever I was at the workshop and uh, Natalie was so amazing and everyone was so amazing. They're just like, relax, don't sweat the details. You know, think of this abstractly, try to see how this might go together from an engineering perspective. And that was definitely much more of my background. And I still say the same things that I say that, that were taught, taught to me. I still say those same things eight years later to my kids whenever I'm doing the, the BioBuilder program. But it was just that one week uh, that I did the professional development. However, uh, I stayed in contact with BioBuilder. We sent in data to BioBuilder. We did a year of BioBuilder Club uh, with with TAS and the and the BioBuilder team, uh, I stayed in contact with Natalie. You know, asking for you know plasmids or a suggestion or what have you. And so it it you know I I owe a lot to BioBuilder as far as getting everything started for me. Um, as far as the synthetic biology program, as far as running iGEM teams, as far as educating now you know hundreds of kids. As, as amateur synthetic biologists and researchers going into, into college. Um, so really, you know, if, if you're thinking about doing or starting a program, it does not really matter your background. Uh, it matters your, your curiosity level. Um, it matters, can you get support uh, from your, can you, can you ask for support from your school and, uh, and just some initiative because uh, there, there's a lot in BioBuilder that can help any teacher succeed uh, in starting a program and, and leading students. Exactly, and I think one of the biggest takeaways is that you know even if it's just a one week long professional development workshop, the connections you make and things you learn, it's really lifelong. And I guess over the past few years, you've grown, BioBuilder's grown, TS Taipei has grown, they've all sort of grown together and benefit from each other and learn from each other. Coming back to the workshop, was there sort of any, while I guess being in a lab for the first time, was there any specific experiment or synthetic biology fact that you really fell in love with where you're like, I didn't know synthetic biology was this or wow, that's amazing. I didn't know we could do that. And then you just instantly saw the potential of synthetic biology, either from an educational perspective or a research perspective. As a chemist, I think interactions, uh, I think molecular and atomic interactions and how those come together. And so I, I've always thought, you know, very small. And so I was very zeroed in on, on chemical interactions, atomic interactions, how fast they go, et cetera. And so I was, I was kind of blown away whenever I took a look at synthetic biology at how programmable it is for, for synthetic biology. I was so worried about how, do, how, does, how does the DNA get cut by the restriction enzyme? How, how does this actually come together? And they were like, relax, you know, you can learn that stuff later, but think big picture first. And I said, okay, okay, let me, let me take a step back here. And when I saw how you could engineer DNA to have the organism produce whatever enzyme or protein that you wanted, that's when I got blown away by the potential of what could be done. Taking something from one organism, putting it into another organism, and then that organism also produces that. Um, I didn't really realize that that was possible. 
at the time, whenever I was, whenever I was looking at it. I tell that to students who may not necessarily be interested in biology, but they're interested in science. And they're like, I don't know about biology. I said, you, you have no idea. This isn't learning about kingdoms and life cycles and, and what have you. I mean, you can program this stuff. If you like computer coding, this is for you. You know, we can use logic gates. We can use all sorts of tools, you know, yeah. that you know, from, from engineering or robotics. And I was like, oh man. In fact, when I learned, you know, that you could use, you know, Boolean logic and stuff, I was just like, oh, it's and nor an or gate. Yeah. I was like, the dots start to connect. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is very interdisciplinary. And I really, really, I really, I really like the interdisciplinary nature uh, yeah. of synthetic biology. And I, I think that's, for me as well, the most attractive feature of synthetic biology, because I did my major in bioinformatics as well as biochemistry. And I did, did a few, I almost had a minor in chemistry as well as in physics. And I just couldn't make up my mind. I was like, you know, do I want to be a doctor, an engineer, or a scientist? Hey, you know what? Synthetic biology, those are all under the SynBio syn umbrella. Yeah. And it was brilliant. And this, this field, I think the best part, it's growing at such an exponential rate. And I was even talking to a few people at iGEM HQ. And when iGEM started um, in 2003-04, one of the aim was to establish the field of synthetic biology. And in the latest meeting that we had at iGEM 2020, it was like, you know what, I think we've we've definitely done it. This field is, you know, more people know uh, the term biotech when you, when yeah. you tell someone, oh, I'm in biotech, but synthetic biology is really getting up there now in mainstream media um, and also in like government and policy, which is incredibly important as well. Um, so now I guess it's time for SynBio 2.0. Now, where do we, we've established the field now, where do we go next? And I think one cool area would be tackling the UN SDGs, like sustainability and SynBio is just perfect for that. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. In fact, our, our team last year, the 2019 TAS Taipei iGEM team, we worked with our model United Nations and, you know, we went to Qatar and, you know, presented our, uh, our project on trying to tackle um, pesticides and food contaminants on, on agriculture and say, hey, you know, we can, we can tackle this. This is an SDG. In fact, it tackles this SDG and this SDG. And then we collaborated with a bunch of teams and did an SDG challenge. And so I, I think totally, you know, SynBio can solve a lot. At the uh, TS Taipei School, what aspects of the BioBuilder curriculum did you incorporate into teaching synthetic biology at TAS? As in like, I, I know you have um, certain SynBio classes, and in terms of, I guess, the structure, and you also incorporated like that you, that smell and the iTunes lab, et cetera. Was that a result of participating in iGEM or was that one of the goals from the get-go that, you know, we need some sort of SynBio curriculum here and this is how we're going to train our students and you know, develop them into amazing synthetic biologists? Yeah, the, uh, you know, the directive I got was start a, a synthetic biology program and participate in iGEM. And so that, that literally was the directive I got. And it was just like, go. So I heavily relied on the BioBuilder curriculum and we still heavily rely on the BioBuilder curriculum to teach our kids about aspects of synthetic biology. So, you know, the first two labs we do in the first semester are Oh That Smell and iTunes Device. Uh, oh That Smell, 
you know, learning about bacterial growth versus production, uh, learning about the, the different, with different ways to engineer a system to do the same goal is, is really an amazing lab. I love it, the fact that it is not a cookie cutter lab. Uh, I love the fact that it changes, you know, each year. Sometimes it works really well. Sometimes it's a bit messy. Hey, that's how it is. That's, that's lab life. And so, hey, we need to explain why this might happen. Um, so, so I love that. The iTunes device, learning about the different parts uh, in, involved uh, in, in the plasmid and the promoter and the RBS and the fact that you can tune these and adjust them um, is, is pretty amazing. So both of those are huge as far as building up their lab skills and evaluative skills and learning about synthetic biology. So those we, we use very heavily. Also, second semester, we get into the biology by design and the bioethics uh, aspect of the BioBuilder curriculum. So we always hold a bioethics uh, discussion. Sometimes it's a panel, sometimes it's a roundtable discussion where we bring people in, we've picked a project at this point and we discuss, we discuss the ethics of our project. We discuss the ethics of synthetic biology in general. And, uh, and I love that uh, part of the curriculum. It's not just doing the science, it's not just thinking about it, you have to see, is it responsible you know, for the world? Uh, is this okay? We must consider that as scientists, knowing how to do that in high school, amazing, you know, way more than what I had in high school. And lastly, the bio, the bio by design, that's what we use to create our iGen project. So you know, this year we have 35 students in our synthetic biology classes and each one of them submits their own design. And then we ultimately pick our project that we do for iGEM from that biology by design assignment and we vet it out and then we, everyone votes on it and then it goes through systems and tiers until we end up getting, you know, the final, you know, the final project that we do for our iGEM team. I never thought I'd say this, but I, I want to go back to high school. Uh, it's um, not just learning from textbooks, you know, not anymore. Not anymore. And I think one of the most important bits is, is that understanding that research, considering science as a whole, the research component is, is just one of the pieces of the puzzle, right? Because if you don't communicate the science, if you don't consider the bioethics, it's incomplete. The science is incomplete, right? So it's at, you know, at, a, at a high school stage to understand the bigger picture and how to implement a science idea is is really invaluable. It's, it's brilliant to see. Right. Yeah. High, high school version 2.0 science. Education, uh, exactly. It's oh. important. So, you know, we're all natural scientists. So if, if we let the kids be the drivers of the project and let them own their education, uh, they, they take off into amazing. They run with it. Yeah. They run with it. They, 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 they go and then you're like, wow, I did not expect that that was possible. And uh, I am blown away uh, every year by, by what high school students can accomplish and what they can comprehend. But that only happens if they feel like they, they own it. And really, gosh, that's true for all of us, right? Yeah, really. They, they really take ownership of the project. And that brings out the true, I guess, originality and creativity that, that's really needed because science is hard. Science yeah. is hard. It's it's a lot of long hours, and it 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 really pushes us to the limits, and in that way also brings out the best in us. 
Speaking about accomplishments on the TAS website, the, it says that you know, TAS strives to stay ahead of the curve in STEAM education. This is really exemplified by iGEM because the TAS, a high school iGEM team, I'll, I'll just read off this list here. They, you won the grand prize, the overall grand prize in iGEM for high school in iGEM 2015, 17, and 2020 as well as numerous other nominations and gold medals, as well as awards in sort of best education, best model, best part, best wiki, best entrepreneurship, best poster. Um, at this point, this is Ajim royalty. I, I was just reading that. I'm like, I was happy with my one gold medal. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the main takeaways from this is that the education, uh, the science education developed by you and your team, Taipei High School, throughout years 9 10 11 12 has really shown to be possibly one of the one of the best in the world for synthetic biology i'm sure you'd be incredibly proud of that and i'm sure it would be a lot of lot of hard work and the, I, I just think yeah. the team there's the number of people needed because at the end of the day you know science and education and really having a consistently outstanding iGen team takes so many people to be to be driven to be enthusiastic so I, ju I just wanted to point that out and I, th I think that's really incredible it, it uh, uh, thank you and it, it does uh, it does take a, a, a tremendous amount you know the students have to to buy in and if they are allowed to create that themselves then then they will buy into it. It's not something I want to drag them through. It's not something I want to push them through. It's never going to work that yeah. way. Never going to work. Uh, they have to believe that it's theirs and you have to make it theirs. You can't just say, oh yeah, this is your project and, and what have you. Additionally, it takes, you know, the parents, it takes uh, support from the administration. I work with just amazing colleagues in the synthetic biology class too, in particular, Dr. Teresa Chiang, who, uh, who I work with, and, uh, and also Dr. Jonathan Shu, uh, who just came in last year. And they are amazing. You know, they are trained molecular biologists. They help do all of the, the, the things that I can't do as a non-trained biologist. And, you know, the passion that they have with the kids and the dedication that they show is, is tremendous. It is a lot of hours, but it's fun because uh, you get to do real research. Uh, you get to do education and the research, you know, back to the very beginning, why we got into it in the first place is that, you know, that's, you know, those are things that we really like. And we're lucky that we get to do that as high school teachers. What are some of the key culture, skills, and sensibilities that have served you well as a synthetic biology educator? I would say that sh showing the kids that you are not this person who knows everything and that, that you are there to work alongside the kids together. You know, we're learning how to discover, you know, these, these problems together. We're trying to solve things that people don't, that people don't know. And so when they see you participate and that you are diligent in your belief in them and that you are patient with them in whenever they're doing their experiments, then that gives them that same diligence and patience to, to continue on uh, doing, doing research. So I think that is one of the, the key things as a, as a SynBio educator. And going back to that, that research background that I have, don't get don't get over emotional about results, whether they're good or whether they're bad, just, you know, stay steady 
uh, record down the data. You know, does this work after triplicate, it, it, et cetera. Re research is a, is a process of erosion. It, 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 you peel back layers and failures, uh, quote unquote failures are, are not failures. You know, they are results. You know, they are results. Uh, they're just not what you expected, maybe. Yeah, so, some yeah, of the most important results. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and that I, is is absolutely essential. Uh, if we can get that into high school more often, that would be great. Because I remember when I was in graduate school, and you had a lot of students, high flyers, high achievers. They get into lab, and it's difficult. You know, they're not. There's no tests anymore. There's no written tests. It's hands-on things, and it fails most of the time, or it's not as what you expect. And they feel like they're doing something wrong and they're not doing anything wrong. It's just how research is. So the earlier we can teach kids and people in general that it's, uh, you're not doing anything wrong. You're just discovering, record it down, you know, the, the better. Thank you so much for, uh, for taking the time out today. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, my, my pleasure. I, I could talk about this, uh, this all day. I'm, I'm a passionate uh, educator. I'm, I'm passionate about synthetic biology. Uh, it's completely changed my, my career path. And uh, I'm in it for the, for the long haul. So uh, I'll be doing it for the next 10, 15 years. You know, it, it's amazing. Thanks once again to Jude Clapper for joining me today. Jude had some really insightful comments throughout the episode, such as, when you let the kids be the drivers of the project and let them own their education, that's when they really take off and run with an idea. He also mentioned that if teachers are diligent in their belief in the students and are patient with them, especially when they're doing their experiments, then that gives the students the same diligence and patience to continue and excel in their science. I believe this episode will be very useful to teachers looking to develop synthetic biology programs at their school or any educator looking to start or get involved with an iGEM team. If you would like to learn more about anything Jude and I discussed today, please refer to the show notes. Join me for the next BioBuilder podcast. We'll welcome another wonderful guest whose career has been influenced by BioBuilder's life-changing science. See you next time.